Well, uh, last week we began a new series called You, the Church. You, the Church. And before we pray, I just want to make a quick plug. If you were not here last week, I would encourage you to go check out the podcast so you can kind of have the full um, you know, the full picture of what we're talking about today. Some pieces may be missing. I, I didn't want to spend the time necessarily, but we didn't have the time for me to kind of go back through a bunch of things. So there's kind of hints in there, but if you can, dive back in and listen to last week. I believe it will uh, be beneficial to your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Lord, as we uh, pray a lot, Lord, we're people who believe it. Uh, Lord, we're people who believe it from Genesis to Revelation. God, we don't want to be the people that, you know, pick and choose what to believe. Lord, if it's there, we want to believe it, plain and simple. And, uh, Father, we don't believe anything's passed away. Lord, we believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Father, we just make room for the Holy Ghost today. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, just come and have your way in our hearts. Lord, we choose as your people to take off our masks. We choose to set down, uh, put down our walls and put down maybe what's our expectation. And, Lord, come in just into agreement with you. God, Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do in us today, Lord, we're just open and, uh, and willing to hear it today so our lives can be changed. Uh, thank you for the anointing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and doing what you do best. And uh, that's the impossible. So we just bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, as we uh, dive into the second part of this series today, I want to start off by sharing a story with you actually about a rabbi who lived in a Russian city in the early 1900s. And we uh, will make quick work of this. But basically, the guy's story begins like this. It says that there was a certain season in this rabbi's life where he found himself really disappointed by a lack of direction and a lack of purpose. Don't miss that. Here he is in life trying to do ministry, but yet he felt like while he was doing ministry, he had a lack of direction and a lack of purpose. So one night while he was kind of caught up in his thoughts, he wandered out into the chilly evening. And, and the story says that he uh, thrust his hands deep in his pockets and he aimlessly walked through the empty streets, questioning his faith in God, questioning the scriptures, and most of all, questioning his call to the ministry. And uh, basically to the rabbi, he basically said that it seemed like the only thing colder than the Russian winter air was the chill within his own soul. Because he was so enshrouded by his own despair, he mistakenly wandered into a uh, military Russian compound where civilians were not allowed. And uh, it was then, kind of almost out of nowhere, his wandering thoughts and the silence of the evening was shattered by the bark of a soldier. A soldier, Russian soldier said this. He said, who are you and what are you doing here? Here's the man who's, you know, obviously been in his own thoughts, you know, didn't even realize where he was at. And, and so he almost caught him off guard. He said, excuse me? And then the Russian soldier barked again. I said, who are you and what are you doing here? After a brief moment, the rabbi kind of gathered himself because he realized where he was at. And in a really gracious tone, so he wouldn't invoke the, the anger of the soldier anymore, he simply said this. He said, how much do you get paid? What an awkward question. The, the soldier said, what does that have to do with you? The rabbi replied with a tone resembling that of someone who just made a new discovery. Remember where he was at in life. He said this. He said, I will pay you the equal sum of your daily wage if you will ask me those same two questions every day. Who are you and what are you doing here? Who are you and what are you doing here? You see, the, uh, through the Russian soldier's question, that rabbi had a moment of clarity remembering his direction and remembering his purpose. But he also remembered that moment that uh, he forgot who he was. And because he forgot who he was, he forgot what he was called to do. So if by chance today, by chance that there might be someone in there that's wandering through life, unsure of where you're going, unsure of what you've been called to do. And I want to clarify, I'm not talking about if you don't have a job and if you don't make money, that, that doesn't mean you have a purpose. 
But listen, if you're wandering through life in your own heart going, where am I going? My hope is today that maybe I can stand in the place of that Roman soldier for you and simply ask you, who are you and what are you doing here? Who are you and what are you doing here? In fact, I just, you know, over the past few days... My simple prayer for this morning has been this, that the unmistakable voice of the Holy Spirit will come and break down any questioning, any confusion, any fears, any doubts, any insecurities, any wonderings in your heart, and that somehow that he would answer those two powerful questions. Once again, who are you and what are we doing here? You know, I have a really simple belief that I believe if we can clearly answer those two questions, that it would dramatically change our lives. If we can clearly get a hold of it, if we can clearly answer it, then our lives will be forever changed. And it's simply this, because if I can answer those two questions, on one hand, what happens is, is it dissolves the fears and the doubts that grip me so much. And, and get this, a lot of times our fears and doubts are not things that we tell other people. They're things that we just feel on the inside, right? Because we're, we, we, as people, have a hard time being vulnerable sharing those things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So on one hand, it dissolves that, and on the other hand, it produces this silent confidence and this daily focus that will inevitably, if we get to it, will bring a joy and a fulfillment to our lives like we've never known. Is there anybody in here who say, man, I wouldn't mind having a little bit more joy and a little bit more fulfillment in my life? Me too. So kind of first things first as we dive in here, uh, who are we? Who are we? What a great question, right? And obviously to that, the Bible says a a lot of good things. If you agree with that, say, oh, yeah. yeah. So that was good. All right. So that was better than normal. (laughs) Almost scared me it was better than normal. Listen, the Bible says a whole lot about who we are, but there's only uh, there's one specific area I want to really hone in and into in this series, and it's simply this. If you were here last week, you called a piece of it, but it's this, that the Bible says in several places that when we became believers in Jesus Christ, we received a God-given assignment for the ministry. Listen, I know I'm country, but you heard me right. Okay, that God has called each one of us to ministry. If I could say it this way, that God has called every single one of us into the ministry, and he now identifies or sees each one of us as a minister. Somebody say, I'm a minister. minister. So real quick, who are we? We're ministers. And secondly, uh, what are we doing here? We're here to do ministry. So simple. Here to do ministry inside and outside the four walls of the church. Amen. So listen, I I know, as I said last week, this isn't easy always to wrap our brain around because our culture has said and our tradition has said that it's those who have the title of a minister, those are the ones that do the ministry. But I want you to know that that's wrong. The Bible clearly says we all are ministers and we've all been called to ministry. And I want you to know that's God's heart and it's God's will, that we would all live with those two truths every day, that we would live it out. We live out those two truths every single day. So... I'll just say this. In my experience, one of the greatest obstacles for us to grab a hold of this, or the greatest obstacles maybe that we need to overcome so we can grab a hold of this, is simply this. And we'll throw it up on the board. But that we need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. That we need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. If I can be honest with you, that's one of the greatest problems in the kingdom of God. With God's people. Okay? That we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. And the truth is, is because until that happens, we will continue to limit or we will continue to change what the Word of God says about us or how God looks at us. Are y'all with me today? Let me give you an example of what I mean. Let me show you how we read the Bible. Throw up Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 1 says this. We said it last week. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Let me show you how we read it when we don't know who we are. The Spirit of the Lord will hopefully come upon me one day 
When I'm spiritual enough, the Lord will somehow lower his standard and partially anoint me for a brief moment to accomplish a few mediocre things for his glory. Hallelujah. Can somebody say that's wrong? If it's wrong, why we do it? Listen, the truth is, is this. The spirit of the Lord is upon us now. Can I get an amen? The Lord has anointed us to preach the good news now. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted now. He has sent us to proclaim liberty to the captives when? Now. He has sent us, he has sent us uh, to comfort those who mourn now. And if I can add, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation now. And we are a royal priesthood now. Are you all with me? See, here's the point that I want to make to you this morning. And in spite of what your story is, is we need to all quit second-guessing the word. We need to quit. Let me say it this way. We need to quit striving for something that we already have. It's already happened. Amen? Listen, we need to quit waiting for our arrival at some, some magical, super spiritual moment. Again, the truth is, is the Bible says this, that Jesus, as the Messiah, is the anointed one. And when he came and took up residence inside of you, guess what? He brought his anointing and his message with him. Amen. He didn't listen. He didn't. He didn't come and say, "I'm going to give you, you, you know, a, a, a third of me." He brought all of him. To understand that he deposited himself inside of you. I love what my old pastor used to say. He used to say, "Our potential is the Holy Spirit." I love that. So if you can think in your head, what can the Holy Spirit do? That's my potential in the kingdom of God. Because the truth is, it's Him, not me. Are y'all with me today? So, so we sit back and we go, man, well, 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 well you know, Pastor, uh, when does this anointing and this message come out? I want you to know it's every day. And, and can I help you all out some? It's not standing on, you know, whatever, some soapbox and screaming, turn or burn, repent or perish. It's just being Jesus to people. It's letting Jesus live out of you. Amen. What, listen to this. Remember what we talked about last week? That we are, have all, we're all ministers and we all have a ministry. Where's our ministry? And how does God want to reach this region? Is he disguises us, right, as carpenters. He disguises us as, us as nurses. He disguises us as landscapers. He disguises us as whatever your task, your duty is, your job. And he sends you out and says, hey, bring the gospel. Bring the kingdom of heaven. Bring Isaiah 61 there. Yeah. I mean, and here's what I love about this. If we can get this, we don't have to announce that to everybody. We just got to be. Too often we try to do ministry instead of just be ministry. Amen? We just got to be. If we can just be and settle in our heart and let Jesus be who he is, a lot of good stuff will happen. Let me give you another verse where we tend to shortchange ourselves. This is, we grossly shortchange ourselves on this one. Matthew 28, 19. Well, no, it's the Great Commission. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is New Living Translation. Teaching these new disciples to obey all the commandments or commands I have given you. Instead, we read that verse like this. All of those who have served the Lord for a very, very, very long time. We're talking about those people who are like it, 150 years old. Uh, those who have eight Bible degrees, amen, and got like five doctrines. That those who can quote 3,630 Bible verses by memory and can somehow pray the perfect prayer. Those are the special ones that the Lord has handpicked to go and make disciples. And just like that, we disqualify ourselves from the Great Commission. Make sense? Because we, we, we basically say, I'm not equipped enough. I don't know enough. I don't... All, Folks, listen, if you got saved last week, you got something to tell the person who just got saved seven days ago. Yeah. Yeah. At least you should. Yeah. Amen? 
So, so listen, there, there's the whole thing, you know, good old John Maxwell, right? That, that we uh, teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. And that's why really that, that is, the, I love what Paul said. He said, we are living epistles. Our lives preach louder than our words. Are y'all hearing me? So, so listen, just go and just make disciples. And what's going to happen is people are going to ask you questions. That's what we do. Right? People are going to ask you questions, and that's when it's your responsibility to be ready in season and out of season, and that you study to show yourself approved, and you can give an answer. Amen? But, but if we sit back and keep waiting for some, some level of maturity before we can think we can help somebody, we, we, we're, we got it all wrong. Amen. So let me kind of throw it this way, that, that we need to quit interpreting the word of God or we need to quit bringing the word of God down to our limitations, right. down to our shortcomings, our past failures, our weaknesses, our insecurities. Amen. 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 <laughs> we need to li- listen, whatever your story is, man, li- listen, Jesus can redeem all of that. And he can use all of that. But I have to tell you this. That's really, really important that we all get healed. And we're whole and well. So that when what comes out of our mouth is from Jesus and not poisoned. Right? I mean, it's really important that we get, that we get whole and that we, that we somehow, listen to me. It's, getting healed isn't like this. Hey, sister, can you pray for me? There's power in that. Yeah. But where the real healing comes is when I go get on my face for God. And I say, Jesus, you got to do a work. And I'm not leaving until you do. Amen? Amen. Good preaching. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to tell you right here. <laughs> that was awesome. That, that, listen, really simple. God said what he meant to say. Do you understand that? If he wanted to maybe throw a little bit of different shade on that, he would have thrown a little bit different shade on that. But he said it like he meant it, right? And, and so it's time for us to quit acting. I'm just going to use a Bible character most of us know. It, it's time for us to quit acting like a, a Gideon in a wine press. Right? L- listen, we all know the story. God says, oh, you mighty men of valor. What does he say? Who, me? <laughs> right? And then God says what? Yes, you. And I'm here to really tell you today that Jesus is saying, yes, you. Yeah. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. Amen. Because here's what we learn really from Gideon's encounter. This is how we stay humble in all this. Is that it, it, uh, God wasn't placing his confidence in Gideon's ability. He was placing his confidence in his own ability to get the job done through Gideon. Amen. L- listen, just because God uses us in a moment doesn't make it mean we're a superstar. Right? Amen. You, you know, you've all heard it because you've been in church long enough. We're, we're, we're just a donkey that decides to ride on occasionally. Right? But because here's where humility comes, is you realize who you are without him. Yeah. Amen? So, so there's this thing that, listen, that God knew who he could be through Gideon if Gideon would stay humble and obedient. Same goes for us. And so, the, listen, there's a little lesson here. Everybody, everybody look at me here real quick, okay? And I'm going to talk to myself too. That if, that if somehow God isn't using us the way we dream in our heart and feel like it is, maybe it's a timing thing. We'll get that. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing where he's trying to, uh, it's a preparation deal. That's good. But, but maybe if there's something we've been sitting on for, man, you know, a long time ago, man, why is this not happening? We need to stop and ask ourselves, well, am I humble and have I been obedient? Because I believe that the Bible says really clear that before honor comes humility. Right? And so there's a position there where we humble our hearts before the Lord and we're teachable and we work with people and our, and our relationships with people are really good and our relationships here is really good. 
Yeah? And then I'm obedient with what I hear. Then guess what? God can go, okay, now I can trust you. Amen? All right, let's switch gears here a little bit. I'm going to get a little bit more practical today. All right, so we've seen that God, we'll throw it up here. Number one, we'll throw it up. Oh, that's good. You didn't order. So that God has given each one of us an identity as ministers. We've seen it. Number two, that God has given us a call to the ministry. Third one, so we're going to talk about that God has given us a gift. Number three, we're going to add another one in a minute, but there's number three, that God has given us a gift. Can somebody say a gift? Come on, say it like me. Say a gift. Good deal. Listen, if we're aware of it or not, here's God in His infinite wisdom that He has come and He has given us a gift or gifts. The reason He's given that to us, that the gift that He gives us perfectly connects with the ministry that He's called us to do. And these gifts, are, they're really known as this when you get down to the Bible, what the Bible says, they're known as graces. And it's simply this, that this gift allows us uh, or it empowers us or it enables us to do what is beyond our natural ability to do. Yeah. Are y'all feeling me today? So, so, my wife is telling me to tell you again. Let's do the podcast. Here we go. All right, so, if there's a grace, li- listen, that basically it's this, that these graces enable us and empower us to do what's beyond our natural ability, our natural wisdom, our natural skill set. And uh, if you will, these, these gifts that God gives us, they help bridge the gap between what's impossible with man is possible with God. Are you all feeling me? So, so it's kind of like this. Let me kind of make this in a real practical way. Have you ever been in a situation where you're in a conversation with someone and their stuff starts coming out of your mouth and you're like, and they're obviously receiving it, and you walk away and you go, man, where in the world did that come from? I didn't know that. Right? That, you, that somebody calls you on the phone and, man, you, you know, whatever, you just, you just hollering at the kids, you was kicking the dog, and you was, you know, whatever, you was all worked up, you, you know, whatever, you mad at your husband, mad at your wife, and then somebody calls and they want a ministry moment. Man, don't you love those? And in that moment, thank God that the anointing comes and God begins to give us counsel that totally changes that person's direction in their life. Guess what? Who is that? That's Jesus, and that's those gifts in operation. And here's what I found out that so often in life, we, we try to super-spiritualize something so much that we, that we miss the moments where God's just really using us and speaking through us. Right? And then we say, well, I don't have any gifts. It's not true, right? Right? All right, let me share two verses with you here. Listen to what the Word says we need to do with these gifts. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. It says this. It says that God has given each of you. Somebody say, each of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. God has given each of you a special, that's what another translation says, a special gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Watch the purpose. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. So watch this. So on one side, we use these gifts out there, right? That, that God comes and reads a kingdom purpose and we use them outside the four walls. But I want you to know, according to Scripture, guess what? It means we also are supposed to use them in here. So listen, there's a permission from the Father to do what? To begin to use our giftings in the local body, in the local church. And what happens is, is and, 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 you know, listen, these things are about to get, opportunities about to get wider, but, but we, can't, we can't pigeonhole all of our gifts to three or four little areas. Yeah. Right? So, so if God has gifted you in some area, and, and there's, uh, I don't know, I think it's like 26, 27, 28 gifts, 
whatever it is. I can't remember the exact number, but, but whatever God has given you there, it is for serving the people in the body of Christ. Amen? So verse 11 says, Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. I love that. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it all with the strength and energy that God supplies. Get that. There's times where you go, man, how in the world did I get through that? God gave the strength and the energy for you to keep on pushing until the job was done. It says, then everything you will do, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Look at Romans 12, 6, 8 with me. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Get that, well, well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That's good stuff, isn't it? So here's the point. From these two passages, we can see that God has given each believer specific gifts that need to be discovered, they need to be developed, and then they need to be deployed into the kingdom of God. Amen? And and it's really this. uh, If we go back to what ministry means, ministry, the word there, simply means that we've been called to serve. We've been called to serve. You know, me, I get get, uh, amazed by people in church that, that just don't have a servant's heart. Is that all right to say that? You, you know, I have a simple philosophy in this, and maybe this is from all those years I did school to ministry. I don't know. But, you know, Mark ten forty five for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so when I get around people that feel like they don't know how to serve, I just interpret it as they think they're greater than Jesus. That's how I interpret it. And that's the thing, I guess, with me that keeps me, okay, I got you, God. I can go do that. Right? Amen. So, listen, the question this morning is not whether we have gifts or not. Uh, we all got gifts. The, the real issue is, is whether if we, if we know what they are and if we are developing them for the master's use. That's the two things. Do we know them and are we developing them for the master's use? So, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, Pastor, I'm not sure what my gift is. I want you to know you're not alone. That's, that's the majority of the body. But, but I don't want you to be discouraged in that. So you may be sitting here and going, okay, my, my gift's dormant. Maybe it's underdeveloped or maybe it's undiscovered. But, but here's the good news about today. It doesn't mean you've got to stay there. Yeah. Right? There, 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 comes a, there comes a revelation. I mean, God's given me a gift. And because God's a good God, I know he doesn't want to leave me unaware of what that gift is. So what do I need to do? I need to begin to pray, and I need to begin to seek him, and I need to be, you know, basically study the word of God, and I need to let him begin to... Uh, to stir that gift up, to reveal that gift, so I can begin to walk in. And here's the good news about this, is nobody is asking you to act like you've been walking that gift for 30 years. First day on the job. Y'all, y'all feel me? It's my first day. Well, I've, you know, I've only worked here three, three, three weeks now. You, you know, so it's okay to develop. But the question, I guess, really is this, is, is wherever you're at with whatever you got, what's your next step? What's your next step in that, right? And that's all God wants you to do is that you'd be willing to go, okay, here, you know, here's the next step. So let me, let me say this without going into all this because I don't really have time. Let me give you a complete list of the gifts of God. Write down those scriptures, and I ask you to go pray and seek God and begin to let God reveal some stuff to you because I believe he will. Amen? 
if you really look at those, uh, I'm just throwing this out there, just whatever. Uh, from a theological standpoint, those are all known as the first one, Romans. Those are known that the, those are the gifts from the Father. The next ones are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the last ones are the gift that Jesus gave us. Okay? So just some simple understanding there. And if you have questions about any of them, uh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you. All right. Y'all ready to switch gears again? Thank you, Noah. Let's, uh, let's take this a little bit more practical. Here we go. So, uh, uh, so we said earlier, throw up those four things there. Uh, Aubrey, you can throw all four of them up. It's fine. Yep, awesome. That God has given each of us an identity as ministers, that God has given each of us a, a call to the ministry. He's given, us a, uh, he's given all of us a gift or gifts. And then the last one, God has given us a passion. That God has given us a passion. I love this part. God's given us a passion, and that, that's basically an area of service that motivates us more than it does others. Are you feeling me? I, I get so amazed by people in church, they get angry with somebody else because they're not doing something. The reason is because that's not their passion. That's yours. And, and can, can, I, can I help you out here? <clears throat> I've worked in the church for 20 years now, and I'm amazed by how many people... Basically, someone calls them up. Hello, they got a problem. They go, okay, I'll tell the church. If it was the church's responsibility to handle that, God would have told them to call the church. They called you because you are the church. Are you with me? So, so, so listen, even if you go, man, that's beyond me. Drop out of here and get in here and go, Jesus, I know you're the solution. What is the solution? Help me. Jesus, and he will. Amen? Why? Because the anointed one has brought his anointing and his message with him. It's in you. Amen? And he don't mind bringing it out. In fact, he's, he enjoys bringing it out. So here you go. Here's a few questions to ask yourself about your passion. What's my burden? What is continually grabbing my attention? What burns in my heart? Here's one that you really, really need to pay attention to. What continually comes up in the prayer closet? Especially when you've been staying there a while and there's something that you just feel so driven to pray for, you need to pay attention to that. And here's the last one, and it may sound funny, but there's some accuracy in this, is what irritates you the most? What irritates you? L- l- listen, I, I realize what, you, you know, the last, the last church I was at, you know, I was there 14 years. That's a long time to be in a church. And I spent years and years and years. Let's go get it. And the last probably three years I was there, I started seeing all the things we weren't doing. And they were just irritating the mess out of me. And why are we not doing it? Why can't pastor see this? Right? And I, and I began to realize, because God was getting ready to transition me out of there, that what he was doing is he was already... Uh, birthing the vision of this church in me then. And it come through, I, I love the way Robert Moore says it, the, the I can't stands it no more. It just irritates me. And I begin to know, man, those are, the, those are the core values. Those are the things that God wants to do here. And so I finally learned that and quit getting mad at the pastor. And I said, okay, well, well this is my responsibility. But it's not here, it's for there. Are y'all feeling me? So, so, so when you sit back and you go, man, that irritates me, that upsets me, that's a good indication of what your passion is. So simple, yeah? Are y'all going to sleep on me? Good. So here's the deal. Here's what God's trying to do. Watch this. When we throw up those four things again, those four things, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So once again, ministry, call, gift, passion, next one. Here's what he's trying to do. 
God is trying to link our gifts to our passions because when that happens, we suddenly begin to play powerful roles in the body of Christ. If you don't hear anything today, hear that. That when our, when our, basically when our gifts connect with our passion, guess what? We kind of get an idea of here's what the ministry looks like. That's when we begin to play a powerful role. Not until that happens. We're just, we're just in the, in the, in the uh, grandstands watching the game. Right? And like we've been talking about this isn't a spectator sport. Right? All right, so let me give you an example of how this works. This is so simple. Watch this. I'm going to read something to you. For some, their gift may be serving, and their passion is to help elderly people. God bless you. Okay? Therefore, they may be drawn to serve the elderly. You get that? Their, their gift is serving. Their passion is elderly people. When it comes together, they serve the elderly. For another, their gift may be teaching, and their passion is discipleship. Therefore, they may be drawn to a small group ministry. Another person's gift may be music, and their passion is to work with kids. So guess what? They may be led to lead music in children's ministry. Once again, their gifts and their passions are linking for the benefit of the body. Watch this. When we need to get a room ready for an activity, those who have the gift of serving are always willing and ready. And there's definitely those people here. Uh, When a person needs prayer, we all pray, right? We all pray, but there's nothing like when someone has the gift of intercession or there's an intercessor, and we know that those people will pray with passion until the request is answered. Watch this, and when the answer comes, we all get to rejoice, right? When we need someone to oversee the hospital ministry, those with the gift of mercy will usually be the first to step forward. Hey, I'll go see them. Then the other group is when the decisions of the church, when we're, man, we're just hitting a roadblock, man, we just can't get through it. Those with the gift of leadership step up. They're called upon. They respond with great joy. And what happens is we put our heads together. It sounds good to us and the Holy Spirit. Guess what? And we break past that roadblock and the church moves forward again. Those people, and this is definitely not me, when, when uh, there's things that need to be organized, those who have the gift of organization get excited, they gladly step up and they do amazing things. Why? Because those people have the ability to take something that's chaotic and bring order to it. God bless those people, right? But, but here's what I want you to see, is that each church is designed to have a balance with all these gifts represented and all these gifts functioning together as a team. Are you hearing me? But here's, here's what we got to stop doing in the church. Well, if you don't have X, Y, and Z, then you're not spiritual enough because you got X, Y, and Z. Are y'all with me? L- listen, I like my pinky toe. I don't get mad at it because it's not my hand. Right? Even this. Yesterday, yesterday I, I about uh, saw the goodness of the Lord. I about went from the, the I went, almost went to the land of the living. You, know, you hear me? Yesterday I was in my bathroom and I stepped backwards on a toy. And that toy went about that deep in my foot. Blood. Thank you, Luke. Where'd he go? He threw it out of the bathtub and I found it. Man, I, I just put a sock on. I was like, I don't know what else to do. I don't even know where Band-Aids are. Here we go. Right? Right? So, but here's the thing. Guess what? Guess what? All of my body responded to that need. Are, are you feeling me? It woke me up. It woke, that, was, that was good morning, Quentin, right there. Boom. Okay. Um, took a look in the mirror. Saw if it got any better overnight. Beauty sleep didn't really happen. Right? And then, boom, there it is. All right. So, anyways, moving on. So here's the thing, though. It's basically this. If we can understand those, those gifts out of Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians, man, it, God's will is to bring all of that together. Not to do what we've done, separate it all. 
right? Because what we've done is we've taken, okay, you guys have these gifts. Well, you camp out in this church. These guys, they have this gift. You camp out in that church. That's not biblical. The, the Bible says that all those things got to come together so we can do it. You, you know, you know I, I'll say it like this. If, if um, whatever, I love the gifts of the Spirit. But, but if we sit around, we just do all of that, and we don't ever have anybody that sets the doggone room up, how are we even going to minister to people? It all works beautifully together, right? Yes, amen. Listen, I've never seen my pancreas. I wouldn't know what it look like, looks like, but I need it. Right? You may not understand those people, but you need them. Amen? Amen. Let's get back on track. Listen, every gift, whether they seem big or small, seen or unseen, on the platform or in the background, practical or spiritual, they're all crucial to the health of the local church. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen, basically it's really this. I want, I want us to understand today, because we're all at different places and we're all wired different, but there's not a single person in this room that's here today or not here today because of weather that's unimportant. Not a single person, right? And the reason is, is because, listen, we have an opportunity to do church, to be the body, but we have a, the, the opportunity to do as a family, to do as a team. Yeah. Yep. And maybe I can say it best this way. Um, I, I, maybe this grabs a hold of it. Years ago, someone asked my, my pastor, they said, Al, what kind of team are you making over there? I loved his response, and this was the early years when I was first there. He said this, he goes, he goes I'm not making a team, I'm making a family. So, but understand this, is how can we be a family that operates as a team? Because here, here's the way a team works. Listen, I love, 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 love sports. Love sports. It doesn't matter. We, we, could, we could push toothpicks across the room with our nose. I'm game. Let's go. Okay, it's competition. I'm ready for it, right? So not, not as fast as I used to be. 40 pounds ago, I had some wheels. I don't have them anymore. But anyway, so here's the deal, though. But, but you know, if, if you take... You know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Michael Jordan. I think we all know who he is. Michael Jordan. And if you put him against really uh, any other NBA team, and it's just Michael against those five guys, Michael's not going to win. Okay? He needed a Scottie Pippen, a John Paxson, a Bill Cartwright. He needed a Charles Oakley. He needed... Y'all don't even know those names. But you know what? But, but he needed them to win a championship. And how many ever it was? Six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it was. Six. Y'all feeling me? So listen, everybody doesn't have to be a superstar. Sometimes they're just role players, right? And we need each other, and that's how we work as a team. All right, so let me end with this. We'll land this joker. This is the way. Let me kind of give you a picture of the way this could look. And this is from another pastor, and it's kind of lengthy, but uh, it'll make sense. Here's an example of what this place could look like, okay? He said this. He said, I think the first time I really saw this all come together was uh, was at one of our Christmas Eve services in 1996. Y'all remember 1996? Amen. Uh, right there, Christmas Eve in 1996, I was in my first year of, of uh, ministry school. Uh, where were you? Anyways, here we go. <laughs> Love it. I've been out of high school a few months. Here we go. So um, he said this. He said, we had a pat program filled with multimedia, dance, mime, drama, uh, a 100-voice choir, and ensembles. I mean the works. The auditorium was filled with over 1,200 people, many of whom were there for the first time. He said, I, I stood just off stage watching everything unfold as the evening transpired. Watch this. He said, the evening musical erupted. 
With a song of magnificent celebration, the dancers flowed onto the stage expressing their exuberance of, the, of song with cartwheels and twists. Uh, Fred Rodier, a former university cheerleader, uh, came bouncing across the platform with flips and somersaults. You got to step up your game, Noah. So... Uh, it says, others were tossed into the air for the finale, and the, and the auditorium broke into applause. Uh, we expect to see that next week in worship. Anyway, so uh, it says, then it hit me as I watched our, our outstanding keyboardist, Steve Kenny, play the piano with all his heart. I thought to myself, here's why I'm reading this. Steve is preaching the gospel the best way he knows how, through his piano. Then I watched Clark Bryant, uh, Bright sorry, uh, playing the drum so excellently as he always does. I said to myself, Clark is preaching the gospel the best way he knows how, through his drums. Then I looked into the radiant faces of the choir where many lives have recently been transformed by the Lord's grace. And I said to myself, those wonderful people are all preaching the gospel the best way they know how, through their singing. I watched the mime, then the drama, then an ensemble, and I remember thinking they are all preaching the gospel the best way they know how through their gifts and all that, through their passions. I looked out into the audience to where our video people were running the cameras. I watched the stage coordinators move with such poise and rhythm, rearranging microphones and straightening cords. I observed the ushers greeting people from genuine, uh, with genuine enthusiasm. I caught uh, the faces of different individuals who had, through their relationships and contacts, invited friends and neighbors. They were all preaching the gospel through their gifts and passions, talents and contacts. It says, at the end, I walked out onto the platform and I shared a simple presentation of the gospel. And then it dawned on me. I, too, was preaching the gospel the best way I knew how, through a microphone. said, but I wasn't doing it alone. We were all doing it together. We were all preaching the gospel the best way we knew how, through our gifts. The ushers, the video team, the invitees, the greeters, the children's workers, the parking team, and all the rest of everybody we need. Every single person had a part. It was not one presentation of the gospel, but over 300 volunteers contributing their presentation of the gospel all at the same time. And one evening, that's what made it so powerful. Are you all with me? So I can't help when I read that, man, how amazing would it be if all of us came to the table with that kind of mindset and that kind of commitment. And we all said, man, what I do is, man, we're preaching the gospel. Amen. You you know, most people decide if, if they're going to come back to church, a church or not, in the first 10 minutes. I'm, long, I'm, I'm way into the program before 10 minutes comes. Are you with me? Well, watch this. Literally, when they come through the door and shake a hand, and the way they are greeted in that moment will determine if they come back or not. So if you're a greeter here, you don't need to take that as, well, this is just some whatever responsibility. No, 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 no. I'm believing that when they touch me, the power of God and the love of God is going to greet that person. And, and they, you know, they, they might have been, man, I'm going to try this thing one more time. One more time. You know, I, I have a, uh, I told you about this before. I got some really, really, really dear friends of ours. Uh, they're in the military. Now they're in San Diego. Not sorry, uh, San Antonio. There is a difference. And um, <laughs> just a little bit, a little bit. So uh, one's nice, one's not. Anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, anyways, so, God bless you. Um, so anyways, um, but, but he said they're both nice. By the way, I went to the Alamo. It was little. I thought it was, some, I thought it was big. Anyways, so, so here's the deal. Anyways, so these guys, watch this. These guys moved to our community. And uh, you've, some of you guys have actually met them. They've been in this church twice. They've drove up twice. And, uh, and they, they uh, basically uh, came to our community. He was stationed in the military. And they tried other churches. They tried to find churches. And, man, they just, it wasn't working. And they weren't working. 
And, uh, and they finally said, look, um, let's go to church one more time. And if this don't work, we're going to get divorced. They had that agreement before they went to church. And they went online and they Googled once again for a church. And they never saw our church before. We were the number one on the list. Boom, popped up. They came to our church that day. Someone greeted them, the love of God. Uh, met them at the door. They went and sat in their seats and they wept the entire time. Progress in our youth ministry, they became some of the best leaders we ever had. To this day, if I need something... Amen, Jesus, pray. And they are doing awesome. She went on to Bible school, uh, got a degree in counseling. Got, I mean, Jesus did his thing. Are you with me? Man of God, woman of God. And, and so don't, don't take whatever your role is lightly. Amen? Amen? Because, because all of that didn't happen once the pastor got up. It happened all before that. Are you with me? And then they stayed in the church until they got, uh, uh, you know, sent off to good old San Antonio. Amen. Real simple thing today. I think it's important that we not only pay attention to our gifts and our passions so that they can help us accomplish, because that's what they are, to accomplish the God-given assignment on our lives or the ministry roles. But we also, those, those gifts and those passions, help us to locate our niche, our place, our role in the body of Christ so that, once again, we can preach the gospel. Amen? It's really that simple. So, so I'm going to talk to you ministers for a moment, okay? What is your God-given ministry? What is it? 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 What is your God-given gifts? What is your God-given passions? And how does God want to link all that together for you? Because that's what he's trying to do. Amen? So, so listen, once again, God-given ministry. What's your God-given gifts? What's your God-given passions? How does God want to link them together? Let me, let me encourage you to do this. Miss Vicky and I were talking the other day, and she kind of gave me this idea. Or she, didn't of, she did give me this idea, not necessarily for today, but just in general. We read Isaiah 61 earlier. How about we take that thing for the next two weeks, and we read, we read that scripture out loud, and we pray that scripture, and let's see what begins to happen. The God has anointed me. And, and here's a simple truth, and, you know, I realize we're from all different church backgrounds, but the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's power in something that not just, you know, when I say something, there's faith that's connected to it, and, and somehow it gets out of here, and it takes that 18-inch journey to here. And I begin to believe it. Amen? Because the goal for God is this, is that all that's in this Bible, that all that would become second nature to us. And not something we got to force. All right. So I want to pray for you today. I, I simply want to pray just that God will reveal those things. Is that all right? All right. So if you don't mind, close your eyes. You can stay seated. You guys are awesome. You know, a lot of times we wonder how we're going to do things. But, you know, here's the cool part. You know, I told you guys before that I, I really don't like being in front of people. How funny is that? But here's what the anointing does, whatever our situation is. Is, and, and I love it. Noah even prayed it earlier. But it, but, it, but it takes what is very unnatural to us and it makes it natural. It makes it easy. Because once again, it's not us. It, to encourage you in this, I actually shared the opening story uh, about the Russian, the guy in Russia. And uh, I asked Jen, hey, does that make sense to you? She just looked at me. She said, well, Sunday the anointing will be there. It will be different. 
Because she said, I don't really understand it. And I'm thinking, how could you not? Right? Anyways. So thank God for the anointing. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for just how much you love us. God, how much you care for us. God, how much you uh, desire to be active and involved in our lives. Lord, I just thank you for the way that, you, that you're so personal and so intimate and, and so willing to, to walk through life with us. And uh, Lord, this isn't something that we're chasing after you, but Lord, it's really, we just walk with you. So we're not striving today. We're not trying to make something happen. Uh, Lord, it's just simply we just enjoy you because you enjoy us. You said you delight in us. And, Lord, it's our privilege to delight in you. And so, Lord, today, just as your people, we thank you, God, that you've said so many awesome things about our identity. But, Lord, we want to thank you today that you've called us ministers, that you've called us servants of the Most High God, that you've called us friends. And so, Lord, today, I'm just asking, God, for every one of us in this room today, God, that you would reveal the ministry that you have for us. And, uh, Father, wherever we uh, find, our, uh, find ourselves, whatever we find ourselves putting our hand to, God, whatever it is that we are doing to make a living, Father, we realize, once again, you're the source. And, God, that it's been by your design that you placed us there because there's a ministry that needs to happen there with people. It's not a job. It's about the people. And so, Father, today we just pray, God, that whatever gifts that you've put in every one of us, God, even as it says there in Corinthians uh, 11, where it says, God, that you've given to each one. God, each one, each one. So nobody's missing out today. No, nobody is second-rate citizens in the kingdom. God, you're not partial. God, you've given every one of us gifts. And so, Lord, thank you for helping us to identify those gifts, but not only to identify them, but to develop them and deploy them in the body of Christ. And, Lord, we also pray, God, that we begin to become uh, very aware of what our passions are. God, what's our passion? And, Lord, we just pray today by faith that you would link all three of those things together. And, uh, man, even the verse, and it's so out of context here, but three-quarter strand is not easily broken. God, that you would connect those three together so strong, God, that, that our faces would be like flint, that we would take hold of the plow and not look back. But, God, we would do what you've called us to do. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you for doing what you do best. And let's open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, opening our hearts to receive, uh, God, all that you have for us and all that you've destined for us to be. Father, we thank you for these things. Just over the next... Uh, two weeks or months or however long you want to do it, God, even, even as we set our hearts to read Isaiah 61 and to pray that, thank you for revealing it to us. And uh, whatever, because Lord, we realize that when you reveal things, sometimes priorities need to shift and things need to change. And so, Lord, whatever we need to do, give us the courage to do it, to meet you there. In Jesus' name, amen.